The year is 2031. Angelo Fiorentino, freelance tech bootlegger, is facing trial and charges of stealing former podcast co-host Brian Hasty's metaverse legs as payback for years of perceived on-air meanness on Mr. Hasty's part during the run of their vaunted yet ultimately canceled podcast Double Density. With legs as a status of wealth and the brought to you by PepsiCo, not a sponsor metaverse, Mr. Hasty has been unable to properly demonstrate the full extent of his avatar's appearance, which has allegedly cost him numerous contracts as an AI copy rewriter, as other Metaverse users have been quick to mock his legless existence. Mr. Hasty is suing for defamation and damages. Mr. Fiorentino has elected to use an AI app, Power via the Cloud, to defend himself, while Mr. Hasty has gone the robot lawyer route in order to bring maximal pain to Mr. Fiorentino's feelings. Let's tune into day four of the trial, taking place at the mediocre Hall of Records in New Montreal. Order! Order! Now, Mr. Fiorentino, I have to ask, how many different physical hard drives do you own? Not quite sure of that, to be honest. After the great hard drive fire sale of 2027, I was able to purchase over 120 10 terabyte drives <laughs> using the profits from the Beanie Babies NFTs. I purchased those and uh, then sold them a year earlier to finance all this. And how many of those hard drives are in use? I would say about half of them. Ever since I found out you can shoot an 8K, I've been recording every bit of my family's movement for posterity, 24-7. It's one of my core beliefs. Every moment is precious, and YouTube shouldn't have every single second of it. Do you find that's a good use of time and resources, Mr. Fiorentino? Uh, um, please hold on a second. My lawyer is buffering. I want to be sure to get the right answer so I don't incriminate myself. <sighs> Well, Mr. Fiorentino, we don't have all day long. You know Robot Lawyer, whose avatar vaguely looks like Brian? My cell signal isn't strong enough to sustain connection to this AI app I'm using to mount a defense. I would say that your question about storage space is rude and inappropriate, given how precious all family memories are. I happen to think that you, a robot lawyer who does not have a family, would never understand this. How dare you claim that? I want this stricken from the record immediately. Okay, here's a question for you, Mr. Fancy Pants Robot Lawyer. How do you feel about Elden the Universe 2? I feel like it's just as reasonable a question to ask to you. Judge, I object to this question, as it has no relevance as to whether or not Mr. Fiorentino orchestrated a sophisticated attack on my client's metaverse avatar. Sustained. Please hold on. My client wishes to confer with me. I think uh, now's the time where you should ask him about his secret hotmail address. You know. The one he's been using to conduct all of his illegal activities, including his um, PlayStation 7 modding. Welcome to Double Density 2031, the realest crime of all time. A new limited series brought to you by Double Density. Oh, well, f I'm not an actor. All right. Okay. Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 209 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and all things AI. Now, first things first, Angelo, 
Our little intro skit was all about AI because I recently read a story that made me think of both you and I, and uh, you just happened to have a true crime kind of um, a theme just lying around. You sent it to me, and it was just kismet, right? So I sent you an article about how an AI lore will, will help defend a real case in the U.S. So basically what is going to happen is that someone will have an AI app on their phone who will listen and respond, and into the defendant's headset, they will whisper sweet technical things. Well, first of all, I'm glad my little song inspired you because I'm no, I'm pretty sure my acting is not going to inspire anyone. You never know. You could you could raise up and have other people you know follow in your footsteps and stuff. My voice acting. Maybe I can go into voice acting. I have the you equipment. Could, I honestly, need. record a little bit, you know voice demo of all the different ways you say "leave me alone" and then just kind of we'll compile it together. After this podcast goes out, I'll be waiting for all the offers to just be running through. I would love that. I would love it if even one person reached out to you. All into my DMs, which do not exist. It's true. Anymore, you're just a, you're you're a barren wasteland of things. You didn't even see that I I tweeted out um, a screenshot of our our Apple conversation. No, I don't. I don't know their Twitter go. anymore. Uh, yeah, social media. Who knew? <laughs> How do you feel about being defended by an an algorithm, Angelo, or the idea of getting uh, an AI's algorithm as advice to you? This is what it's coming to now. AI everything. AI lawyers, AI artists. Rick Beato did a video about AI music. He said it was terrible. It is quite terrible for now, but it will be what the kids in the, in the future listen to, right, I think? Did your father-in-law discuss the Rick Beato video where he talked about uh, lyrics generated by AI? No, I haven't spoken to him about that uh, just yet, though I'll make a point to bring it up to him. I'll say, hey, another elderly man I know mentioned things to me. <laughs> Am I the elderly man? <laughs> Correct. Okay, I thought you were either me or Rick Beato. No, no, no. He's, I mean, sure, why not? I mean, you're both older than me anyways, right? So let's just go that way. Well, I'm wondering, uh, like, if courtrooms, though, because, uh, you know, VR is going to finally happen, are the courtrooms going to be a virtual reality courtroom with a robot lawyer? So are you just suggesting, perhaps, that um, uh, much like during a good part of the pandemic, uh, trials and things like that were happening via zoom we'll just do the next level up right and then um it, and it's kind of funny to think about that if you think about that and analogous to the way that remote um uh, work is being done right so all of these spaces will slowly empty out in theory yeah but like v so vr right vr it's going to be the new space of the future but have we been pushing vr since what the early 90s since you were we a have child been, yeah. Yes, correct. VR was Since the was next a, big thing. Like, but what, an infant donning my first headset. Yeah, you, like you were going to be driving on the information superhighway on your VR set, surfing and ready to the go. Net yeah, that's right. Like, so, so that that's how it is, right? Like, VR was going to be the next big thing in the '90s, but it really never materialized. And the no, internet is really, one too cost prohibitive, and then two, um, it just wasn't the tech wasn't there. Right? Well, yeah, the, the, because the internet became the the next big thing, and then after that was the iPod, and then the iPhone and smartphones, and now we need something new. So let's try VR again. This time so it's going to happen. We talked about this briefly last episode for 2023, but it's interesting. I've been reading and reading more and more all about how Apple's foray into AR and VR together. I think, yeah, um, is their plan will be very interesting. You know, uh, the metaverse is kind of like fell fallen off more or less. Like the the meta, like literally, like the Facebook slash Meta uh, concept of of the metaverse has kind of cooled down, right? So, um, you know, last year they shipped 12 percent less VR headsets in general industry wide than in 2021, and then. Um, you know, uh, sales declined 2% last year. I would probably imagine that they're going to decline even more this year because there's no, 
use case here. There's nothing killer about this. And I think that like the common wisdom here is that this may be Apple's first kind of um, modern failure if they decide to go this way because they have to have such a killer ecosystem in order for this to work and such a use case that is like undeniable to everyone right you know so the last thing they launched was the apple watch in 2015 that did really well you have one a lot of people i know have one what does that look like um you know uh after the watch vr ar yeah the watch started off a little slow uh both uh figuratively and literally right the, the first apple watch was a really slow device but it worked fine i liked it a lot and i didn't see many people with apple watches that year and since then though i pretty much see everybody wearing an apple a watch lot at of this people point. yeah yeah a lot of people so and and it's it's really it's a really good device and more or less affordable this vr ar headset i cannot see it be affordable like the the one sony's putting out for the ps5 i feel is is as much as I'd ever want to pay for VR. And I think it'll be about $600 or so. It'll be more than the PlayStation 5 itself. And I don't see this Apple headset being anywhere near... What, what did we talk about? I think I said $2,000 US, and you said fifteen. Yeah, fifteen hundred. Yeah. Yeah, I said a little, bit, a little bit less, yeah. So I, I, th- I think 15 is the yeah probably what's going to happen, but who's going to buy this thing? Not many people. Yeah, I don't know. The thing is, that, like, for example, okay, so they've renamed their VR-ish os to xr os right so the xr stands for extended reality which is a, an amalgamation of vr and augmented reality together so i mean I'm this is apple i don't think it's gonna be called that though i think it'll just be it's that's just the placeholder name no for sure i but i mean like like their idea of extended reality right kind of fusing together virtual reality as well as augmented uh you know because we and i've talked about this i think that's one of the things i've talked about the most vis-a-vis apple is that like they tried to push ar for a couple of years and the you know it's kind of there you could poke it with a stick it's not really doing much no and it ends up burning your battery on your phone yeah so it, it would would it be a whole other new doodad yeah and widget the, the, so they they would have developers demo the vr the ar things remember the basketball one specifically or yeah, the, yeah. the golf or whatever but nobody's going to use this. No real person uses this. Do you know anybody who ever says great things about AR? Like, I know my daughter tried the AR thing on the Carrot Weather app just for fun, but that's about it, really. I don't no know. Nobody's know come up to me and said, it. oh, this is amazing. Yeah, no one's like, this has to be it. And that's what I'm saying is that, like, what use case do we have right now that would be so undeniably great that everyone would turn and want to spend 1500 to $2,000 USD on this? And I, I, I still... I don't see it. Pokemon Go. VR, AR. <laughs> well, here's an idea, Angela. What about adult content, right? Because that, that sort of exists already. Um, and it is easily accessible in certain parts of the world, but no longer easily accessible in Louisiana. Angela, I sent you an article from Mashable all about how if you want to see phub.com, you got to <laughs> share your ID with the government. Is there? So there's no other. So, okay. Well, so what I wasn't understanding for sure is that, is it just that website that does that or like it's any now- website that has 30 percent or more adult content well there's gonna be a lot of under 30 percent adult content websites popping up in louisiana i'm telling you <laughs> just like a lot of like fanfics and then like some links to some random adult content sort of not related at all to it so they're they're kind of stuck uh to get their fix they have to go the old-fashioned way go out in the woods and find some discarded old playboys or something 
some magazines or something under a yeah. rock, right? Maybe yeah. there's, you know, there's a coalition towards that. Maybe there is a shed being built where you, uh, it's like a timeshare for adults. I wonder where the old uh, story about like finding old magazines in the woods came to be, right? I'm not the only I, one that's heard that, right? Yeah, no, I've definitely heard that. I found magazines in the trash once. Were the, was the trash in the woods? No, sadly. It, oh, it, okay. it was a very urban area. It was in the back of an alleyway near my old house. Did you enjoy yourself picking through the trash to, to get... Uh... They were right on top, Angela. Oh, okay. So, yeah. It was like a box. It was, it was like someone was moving. And they threw out all this stuff. And it was okay. very interesting. I was like 13. Huh. Very exciting. Didn't keep any of it. I felt a lot of guilt. And as a 13-year-old, you were thinking, when's that VR going to come? Exactly. Yeah. I was just thinking of a time in 2023 when I could close my eyes and give Apple computers my money to give me what I wanted. Now, this is not a market I'm, I'm fully aware of and uh, let's say invested in. Is there any VR uh, adult content really out there right now that people uh, that are using? I mean, I'm not quite... You're not in. So we're the wrong podcast to be coming to with your questions. Hold on. I'm about... typing in VR XXX Okay. Yeah. Content. So... And uh, yeah, th- it, this the, it exists. There's okay. lists of the top sites. Okay, so it does exist, except in Louisiana. Well, it exists in Louisiana. You, you just, just have to. You have to scan. I think your yeah. driver's license. That sounds safe. Yeah. All right. I'm. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of adult content on my screen right now. So I, I uh, think this will now be driving up the sales of VPNs in uh, Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, Why don't you call the kids um, and have them look at these websites for us and judge them? Okay, perfect. I'll, I'll let my kids know when we It'll get be the Apple eye-opening experience. Do you think the Apple headset will prevent you from having porn on it? I don't think so, no. but I think in order to get to it, you'll it'll be a very gated experience. You'll have to probably do something similar because of their stance of adult content in general, right? Right, on, yeah. On the app side of things. And also, like, I feel like this is kind of analogous to um, the VHS beta debate, right? Because VHS... Um, was the format by which the adult industry at the time chose to carry their wares, right? So I feel like it's kind of sort of analogous to that in this way of like whoever, you know, probably an Android VR headset of comparable quality will probably um, do a lot better because I feel like VR um, is a very, like, let's be honest, like a visual medium, right? So I feel like whoever manages to corner that market on the adult side of things will do gangbusters um, if they bring their price point down. They usually do. Now, speaking of uh, visual medium, you've done something I've been doing for a while now. I have. How great is it? I had a coworker this week push me to it after describing his experience before and after um, uh, purchasing this thing. So it wasn't just me. So it wasn't me then after many years of telling you this. No, there were multiple people. There were multiple people, uh, you know, sharks in the water, as I call all of you. I uh, decided to get YouTube Premium because I noticed the amount of time during a day I was spending watching ads and clicking on skip ad. And I started editing it up and I realized for the amount of money I would pay a month, I'm actually probably consuming three to four times what it's worth to me to sit around. So how great is it now? You watched an episode of Game Sack today with no commercials. No I don't. Ads. I don't even know. No ads. So like, I've watched Game Sack only since having YouTube Premium. So I don't even know what Game Sack was like with commercials. Like, how would they cut in? I don't. I honestly have not watched a YouTube video with commercials in many years. And every once in a while, if I'm at somebody's house and they bring up a YouTube video and there's an ad, I am very confused. That's what my coworker was saying. He was at a, a relative's place during the holidays, and he had to sit through ads, and he was very, very frustrated. And then I asked him, why didn't you just sign into your account? And he goes, oh, that's a good point. I don't like signing into my account, though, because if you're not watching something that's really something you're interested in, it screws up your whole algorithm. I share with my kids. So my, <laughs> we were talking about this the other day. My 
YouTube algorithm must be super confused because there's a lot of video game watching of uh, Zelda. That's one of my son watches a lot is, uh, and lately it's been Tunic. He finished Tunic, by the way, which is not an easy game. So it's his first Souls-like game that he finished. Very proud of That's him. That's really, fa- yeah, really fancy. Yeah. So Third episode in a row we talk about Tunic. Really? Yeah. Oh, anyway, he finished it. Very good. I'll have to play it now. And so, and then, so my daughter watched a lot of dance videos. We all watch a lot of a channel called Outside Extra and Outside Xbox, which are obviously video game channels. And I watch a lot of music stuff. And YouTube is very confused with what to, what to give me. But it's okay because I'm not going to spend money on a family plan when it's fine to just have one. For now. Yeah. Yeah. For now. Once your son hits 13, though, like that could be an option. Uh, maybe. So it could so be part of their like Christmas gift or whatever. Yeah, sure. So now back to your experience, though. Uh, how great is it? A lot better. I don't have to hover my mouse and try to figure out when this ad's going to end over and over again. You know, it, whether it be a, a 5, a 7, a 15, a 30. And how was it watching it on a regular TV? Do you ever watch YouTube on a regular TV? I sure do. And how crappy is that experience with ads? It's annoying. It's definitely annoying to have to reach for the remote all over. Yeah, so... I'm very proud of you. Especially like a lot money. of the, the videos that we watch are like deep dive videos of, of like 15, 30, 45 an hour sometimes. So it's like four ad sets, five ad sets. And then the commercials, do they just randomly jump in or the content creator has a, a It's a mix because some of them it. you get to set where the ads are, like the ad breaks are. And some of them, they just, they, they don't really care. They'll throw them in whenever. Um, so it's, it's half intentional, I would say. All right. So what was the first thing you watched without ads? Do you remember? Or was it just, you just started watching and it was fine? I think it was a deep dive into something or a, a music compilation of some sort that I was watching, like a countdown of like older songs that I'd forgotten about. And is your brain sort of... Um, it took me like, a day. It yeah. took me a day to remind myself that I didn't need to hover my mouse. Because your brain is wired for, for that at this point. It's been years. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I tend to consume a lot of content, especially, you know, working from home. My mind will wander throughout the day if I don't have a ton of meetings that day. And I just, you know, I'll click around. A lot of people my age are surprised that I watch as much YouTube as I watch. What do they do? I think... Um, oh, I love cable TV. A lot no. of my friends still have good old-fashioned regular television. Huge Fox TV heads? No, no, no. They're, they're <laughs> they don't watch news. They, but they have, they have regular TV, and a lot of them keep it because of sports, right? Like, you can't watch sports that easily with streaming, or you'd need 10,000 different services. I only have really one sport I watch, and I pay 80 bucks a year for the F1 app, and that's it. But... A lot of people who watch hockey regularly or soccer or whatever, they need their fix of that on the channels they have. Well, you could buy an NHL pass, right? That's kind yeah, of but then there's NHL uh, pass, then the MLB, and then if you watch basketball, no, no, or, you I, know I, what I mean? I like a lot of people I know will occasionally watch. They, they're not rabid followers of certain sports. F1's an easy one because, you know, there's a race either every week or every two weeks, every sometimes every three, every three weeks, whatever, but... There's 20-something races in a year spread out between March and December, and you just kind of watch it whenever. Okay, I visited uh, NHL, which told me that now in Canada, you can get a subscription for 150 bucks annually for NHL, MLB, NBA, but there are regional blackouts that apply, so we would be screwed here in Quebec for watching Habs games. Yeah, so what's the point? Well, I mean, if you buy the premium for 250 bucks a year, Angela, you can get all the WWE pay-per-views oh. that you've been asking about. Oh, I can't wait. Well, I'm glad you, you I'm glad you 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 took the jump and are watching YouTube like a gentleman. Yeah, I yeah, well, yes. I I hardly um 
I am willing to give the money that I want to to YouTube to leave me alone is essentially the way I see it. No more uh, Ty Lambo or whatever the hell's name is. <laughs> Ty Lopez. Yeah. But, uh, no, I told you. Ty there's Lopez this one is a Lambo. Ad, that's it. Okay. There's th- well, a rented Lambo. There was this one ad in particular for a Montreal condo project that I've been playing for like literally a year now. And I hear the music in my head and it's driving me insane. And now you don't have to hear it anymore. I never have to. I'm hoping to sunset that sound straight into the distance. And the only time I ever hear it is if I actually accidentally end up in the condo area and it's played over the speakers. And I go, oh, that's that's the ad right there. That's the ad noise. Now you can watch Joe talk about Saturn games that you record the cartridge without interruption. <laughs> you mean Joe from GameSack? Yeah. That's what I said, Joe. The dating sim guy. Yeah. You, you told me he'd pay to watch him uh, play a dating sim game. Well, yes, because he, uh, there were several Saturn games that he covered on today's episode about cartridge-based or cartridge-required games yeah. that he did not understand. Some of them were like, uh, you know, light novels. Some of them were dating sims. I would have loved to have watched his, uh, like a whole video of him trying to play a dating sim. I bet a lot of people would too. Yeah, it'd be interesting. But yeah, I am, I'm free. I paid for the annual YouTube premium subscription. It was a gift to myself, a New Year's gift. I should say to myself. So I'm feeling, um, you know, quite fancy now. Yeah, a full year of youtube without ads ahead of you how much would you pay for vr tv zero dollars there's there's no universe you'd like to be involved in not really like not even like a like a a game of thrones kind of thing no a star wars kind of thing no nah, no you're this, making the weirdest stinky face no nah, that's interesting As if I I just, I just I, i'd rather family. watch regular tv that's fine you know what that's fine. I I'm feel like VR kids, would make I'm curious me to know sick. what your kids would say, though. I'm curious to know what your kids would say, though, on the other hand. Yeah. I mean, look, I, if I ever see that the PS5 VR is really good, I may get one of those. That'll be like a, a good dipping of the toes and something not too... Because um, it, it doesn't seem as expensive as the other ones, too. So, I mean, it seems expensive when you think, oh, it's as much as a PS5. But, you know, the Apple one's going to be $1,500 probably. So remember, Angelo, how we were talking about, you know, how uh, last episode Nintendo's new console would at least be announced at the end of this year? It hasn't. No, at the end of 2023. Oh, okay. Okay. Here's my idea. Ready? Virtual Boy 2, same colors, new game library. Oh, amazing. Will it be in red or will it be in color? Uh, Red, of course. It's just red. Okay, perfect. And you'll have to bend down and play it, right? It's not like you can't strap it to your head. Okay, perfect. And with that, Angelo, let us... uh, End things on the tech side of episode 209 and head over to the Paramount side of the building. All right. See you there. Building. So apparently there's a female ghost in this apartment building who thinks I'm attractive. Welcome back to Double Density, and as always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So, Angelo, you and I want to talk about how, uh, and we've discussed this a couple of times before, but the idea of living in a space that isn't entirely your own. So, you sent me an article from the New York Times from October all about living with ghosts, which I thought was a really interesting kind of concept. I feel like my favorite part of the article is at the bottom, where the audio part of it, uh, which I'm not sure if you listen to it. I listen to it, and it's a bit different. I did not. Okay, so it's different. It's There's a whole intro by the by the writer of the article, and she talks about how when she was a child, she was told to hang roses upside down to let them uh, last longer, I guess. And she did that and in her basement, in her house, and then when she went back, it was gone. 
and ever since then she felt her house was haunted that she grew up in. Anyway, the audio was was produced by Kate Winslet. Oscar award winning Kate Winslet. Avatar Way of the Water fame, yeah. right? Nothing I'm, else. I'm pretty sure it's somebody with just the same name, but maybe she moonlights in doing audio. That would be kind of incredible, actually, right? <laughs> no, that is, That's that like is clearly, clearly not the case. Okay, so let us talk about living with ghosts, right? It's a very interesting concept. I think we've talked, I've talked a bit about uh, a friend of mine who had an exorcism performed because he um, was dealing with like a lot of like really weird household stuff. Like cupboards were like opening, stuff was falling. There was weird, very loud whooshing sounds at different intervals. And he felt like there was a spirit in the space he had just moved into. And he was kind of not panicking, just annoyed. Well, the the thing you describe is very similar to what the people in the article described. I also went off to the links she gave to the surveys that were done. Yes. That was eye-opening too. Almost 50% of people think they've lived in a haunted house. Yeah. <laughs> That's shocking <laughs> but to me. One of the websites is called Real Estate Witch. So I just, like, I understand that, like, it has nothing to do with paranormal stuff, but I thought it was, like, a really interesting kind of. I thought that was there. funny too. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny too because at first I thought, okay, is this a paranormal real estate site? But it's not. The funny thing, I think, is that it, it it's a little ageist, I find. Well, they talk about how. Is it Gen Z yet? Gen Z yes. has a lot more interest. 65% according yeah. to one of the surveys. And baby, 65% of Gen Zers thought their home was haunted versus they, 35% of boomers. Yeah. And they don't mention my generation. I guess we're worried. And your generation oh too. Exactly. The two in-between ones. The in-between ghosty ones. So let's just say we fall between somewhere like, you know, between 35 and 65, right? So if we were to use this, like, you'd be 45% and I'd be 55%. Maybe, Yeah. Have you ever felt like you lived in a house that was haunted, I guess? No. Okay. No. Yeah, me neither. I, I've personally never felt that. I've spoken to a couple of friends who are my age, so millennials. Um, one in particular recently moved into a space, and she has a corner that I've yet to visit, but she said a, there's a corner of her apartment that gives her, like, real weird vibes. Ooh. Maybe it's just, that's where the radon comes in. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I thought it was funny, too, one of the lists of things that people worry about the most uh, like so, it was fifty percent. Almost fifty percent of people thought their houses were haunted, but I think it was five percent or lower. Where it was one of the things that concerned people when buying a home, and of course, mm-hmm. the things that concern people the most are things that really you should be concerned about, like mold, asbestos, radon, uh, you know, cracks in the foundation. Yes, those are actual true things you should worry about when you're buying a home. Hauntedness so let's take is on the bottom. Let's take the United States, and you'll understand what I was talking about in a sec. So in the United States, because I did some research, in most states, you don't have to disclose that a death has occurred in the house. I always, So that's an urban myth, then. I always thought everywhere you had to in disclose In the United that. States. Okay. In the United States, yeah. So um, there are certain uh, exceptions to that. So in California, it's any death on the property is the last three years. So if you put a house up, um, South Dakota and Alaska are also kind of like different, too. And then uh, there are different laws surrounding a violent death okay and i'm pretty sure here at least here in quebec you do have to disclose if somebody died in your you home. do yes correct if someone has has, has died yeah um, there's also a website uh, <laughs> entitled diedinhouse.com okay to find out if you're in the united states if, if someone has died in your home it's a good place to to take a look uh, uh, as to whether or not you should be aware of something because i was just thinking like you know um one popular theory for ghosts is that they are displaced souls who have not yet made it um you know through their next phase of their being 
right? So uh, a lot of them could come from, uh, you know, deceased spirits. But then in the article, it talks about a woman who feels like a ghost has followed her. I think it was her husband's grandfather or something that followed her from one space to another. So that My question to too. her would be, is there something of her grandfather's that she's keeping, right? Oh, that's that's really a good thought. Not that I believe any of that. I think that what it is is that people are more attuned to sounds in their homes than others. And yeah. this is a good reason why this has happened more during the pandemic, which was also mentioned in the article. And we've talked yeah, about this before. And it's also something we've talked about. Yeah. yeah, and it's something I noticed as well sitting down here. What, I lived in this house for 15 years before I realized the air exchanger goes off in the middle of winter because it has to defrost itself every two or three hours. I didn't know that existed. And I was wondering who the heck turned on the air exchanger while I was sitting here. It wasn't anybody. There was ghost. no ghost. It was ghost. Oh, it could have been. It was ghost. But who was phone? It could have been phone. Who was? You know, that's a good question. Who was phone? Who was cryptid, right? Uh, do you know for a fact that you're not living on a burial ground? This funny story. This used to be a sugar beet factory. Yes, territory. we've talked about this before. Right. Yes, but it has been a while since we talked about it. And on New Year's Day, we were at my wife's aunt's house and her uncle was putting pictures, old pictures he had scanned on the TV. It was a lot of people loved it. Uh, well, everybody loved seeing old pictures and stuff. I wasn't in many of them because what I mean, I wasn't with my wife when she was 10. And uh, there was a picture of her house and you could see the factory where we are now in the background. Although I missed the picture. Oh, interesting. So you kind of could see it from a distance, yeah. Yeah. So so she grew up with the factory here. They used to play once the factory was closed down. They used to play in the area, which... uh, Have you done any searches on Airbnbs or like Zillow or anything for like spaces that you could go visit that are supposedly haunted? Like there's one in particular that a friend of mine has suggested that we may go do a weekend in that is uh, apparently haunted. Um, so I'd be very interested in in visiting there. But I'm kind of curious, like, you know, this kind of like we've talked about paranormal tourism a little bit. Um, and I'm working on something a little bit larger in scope than this to talk about that. But that is a type of paranormal tourism, right? Like, you know, visiting the Cryptid Museum in the States is is a kind of one way of doing things. But you can also just visit a supposedly um, haunted space. Well, last March, we stayed in a house next to a church that belonged to the priest. And it was over 100 years old. And if any place was going to be haunted, it was going to be that place. And unfortunately, nothing happened. It was fortunately uh, or unfortunately very highly. Re- unfortunately, nothing happened. Or fortunately, nothing. No, unfortunately, it would have been kind of interesting. Uh, my son did, did not want to sleep alone, though, so I uh, shared the bed with him, and my wife got to have a whole bed to herself. Oh, I thought you said give my son a shotgun, and then we just uh, yeah. down. let him protect himself, right? Yeah, it was it was an interesting house. The thing is, the worst part of it was getting up in the middle of the night to use the facilities. You woke everyone up because it was really creaky. No, oh, I thought you were going to say you were our loud user of facilities. No, I was not loud. Which is just, you know, another layer of things that we need to add to the double density uh, wall of, of known facts about ourselves. Yeah, it was a house. Uh, we didn't rent it. It was rented by my brother, brother-in-law. He invited us to stay there. Beautiful area. But if there was any potential to be haunted, it could have been that Really cool way to get into the basement. It was behind the hidden door. Oh, nice. It was kind of neat. So that was kind of fun. My daughter went down there. She was very excited to see that stuff. <laughs> Here's a question for you, right? I think this is very paradoxical in nature, right? Um, so older people tend to be more religious, you'd say, right? Let's True. You know, um, kind of trend-wise look at that, right? Um, so therefore, they believe in ghosts less. Which is Younger people paradoxical look, to it, me. 
that's what I'm saying, right? Because you'd think that they would believe in the concept of ghosts and evils and visible evils a lot more easily if they were more religious in nature because it is a sign of things. Yeah, that that throws me off a little and that well, not to say that like theistic belief and belief in the paranormal are like one to one, but the ecosystem by which both exist is is in place. I know, yeah, because often if you're religious, belief in aliens is lower because that would conflict with certain things. Is my Do thought. you have a favorite alien that you wish would visit us? Um, Rael? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, it's an interesting kind of concept too, right? The idea of like living with an entity, you know, and we talked about the entity a couple of months ago and how awful that turned out to be. Um, you know, of course the, the fictionalized account was much more sensationalized, but the idea of learning to coexist with a spirit that you can't necessarily communicate with in the way that you would communicate with a, another person. Well, according to a video you sent me, uh, there's an entity in Switzerland that likes to choke people. <laughs> ah, yes. The Nathan for You uh, a segment that I sent to you that I think uh, kind of encapsulates a lot of what we're talking about here. The uh, the whole thing was bizarre. It was only a four-minute clip. I've never watched Nathan for You. I've watched... Oh, Angela, you're missing I watched, you watched the rehearsal, rehearsal though. Yeah, yeah, I watched the rehearsal. And I, I think Nathan for You is probably easier to watch than the rehearsal. The rehearsal takes a lot of... Um, like brain power to watch almost there's so much going also, it's on like, it's it's a story that builds up upon itself versus like these are all just um segments that he flows into and it's, it's highly entertaining angela i would highly suggest you watch that well yeah if because the rehearsal the starts that way making you think it's yeah. going to be an episode per episode thing and then it just completely goes off the rails Ye oldie switcheroo right yeah so i'm 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 thinking i'll watch it it's on hbo right no, I think it's it's I think it's Crave. Well, Crave HBO. It's a yeah, it's part of the HBO part package. Right. Of Crave. What I'm saying is like it wasn't an HBO show. It wasn't. So. Oh, okay. No, oh, it was a Comedy it was. Central show. Oh, okay. Well, it's on Crave, which is our HBO. Well, yeah. Well, in Canada, yes. Yeah. Anyways, the idea of like you know uh, niching down to be the haunted real estate agent was an interesting one. The picture of her holding the cross and coming out like a genie with the, from the thing with yeah, the tail. Yeah, it was a tail. It's a ghost tail. Yeah, it's a ghost tail. Oh, genie tail, ghost tail. Do they get upset uh, if we compare them? Genies? And ghosts? Are they like oh, I don't know. rival factions question. of paranormal? <laughs> Do you consider, so you consider uh, a genie uh, uh, part of the paranormal realm? Well, it's a gin, right? I mean, it's like, yeah, it's, it's not something we've talked about um, um, as devoutly, <laughs> pun intended, as things like no, ghosts. They, but yeah, because a gin is a part of, it's just not a Western culture ghost, I guess. We we I don't know much about the gin other than what I learned from watching Supernatural. Good news, Angelo. You now have homework. Oh, great! You Fantastic. look so thrilled at the idea. I love homework. Look at me. I'm excited. Work for the show. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Like the idea of like niching down, I think is like very interesting to me of of knowing to um, appeal to people. And like once again, like it's it's kind of interesting because we've talked about this. But the idea of searching for meaning, right? So the idea of uh, paranormal belief as a substitute for religious belief or theistic belief is alive and well with younger people, right? It's why we see the rise in things like Wic- like the Wiccan faith and things like that of people um, wanted to take alternative views of established religious norms and practices um, to define themselves uh, more fully, perhaps, I guess would be the best way of saying it. Yeah, and I just remembered something Something did happen when we were at that house. We were having dinner, and the wall was covered in these decorative plates, and one of the plates fell off the wall. Of course. How did that feel? Well, we were worried the plate broke and we'd get in trouble, but uh, no, the plate didn't break, and it just fell off the wall because it was loose. But 
all of us there are very uh, logical, rational, oh, boring skeptical, people, yes. boring people. I mean, look, the, the the we were there with two economists, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but none of us, for even a second, thought, "Oh my God, it's a ghost that made the plate fall." All of us thought, "Oh, a loose screw on the wall. That sucks. Hope the plate didn't break, and it didn't." I mean, that's that's a good thought to have, right? And it's kind of interesting because I think classically a lot of the times when you think of ghosts, you think of of negative ones versus like something like Casper, right, for example. And I'm, I know it's a very elementary kind of example. But in the article, um, author Shannon Hill was quoted. So Shannon Hill put out a book in 2017 that's actually incidentally like on my list of things to get to this year. Scientific Americans, the Culture of Amateur Paranormal Researchers. And she suggests that many are no longer fearful of ghosts because we've we've been so habituated to them by the media, which is an interesting kind of thing of a, a changing of tides, as it were, about ghosts. So she continues that haunted houses can also be a way to connect to the past or a sense of enchantment in the everyday world. We have a sense of wanting to find out for ourselves and be able to feel like we can reach beyond death to know that ghosts exist would be very comforting to some people. It could be. Um, uh Another thing that happened in the house, though, yeah, they're just all coming back. But after the plate fell, these are like repressed memories. The next day, yeah, and then the next day, uh, the house keys disappeared, and we could not find them. Luckily, they had just fallen under the bed. But other people would have said, "Oh, that's the ghost upset with you because you didn't believe they were a ghost when the plate fell." You mean so cool I'm, I'm just trying to like show how certain things, depending on how they're interpreted by the people experiencing them will attribute it to ghosts like for example if all of us were true believers in ghosts we would have left that house saying holy moly we stayed at this house that's connected to a church where a priest probably died and it's haunted but because all of us are really boring rational people we're like that plate felt and oh they lost the keys and then they found them do you think it was perhaps a child trickster maybe enchanted are you making fun of my kids always always I don't know. It's, it's kind of interesting to think that, like, you know, um, ghosts can be a source of comfort for some people because it's not really the narrative that a lot is suggested. Though, like, touched by an angel, I guess, would be a good way of, of thinking about ghosts in a sense, right? We need to go back to that courtroom and ask where that angel touched you. <laughs> That's a family guy joke, right? I think so. Uh, all I know is that it's in the deep recesses of my stupid brain. Yeah, all but I know is that it's I... not an original thought by me. I also think that this is a, uh, this spirits are telling me that this is, and once again, like, I'm not making fun of anything the way that you are. I am much more open to all of these things. I'm not making fun uh, of anything. I'm just saying that depending on the person interpreting the things happening, the interpretation will be different. That is correct. And uh, I'm very postmodern, right? So meaning is derived from the viewer, not from the creator of art, of action, of inaction, the creator of all things, um, a moving, and otherwise interesting and with that angel i feel like we should be bringing episode 209 of wnc to a close what do you think yeah the medium is the message brian marshall McLuhan. where can people find us well they can't find me anywhere anymore correct but you are off the grid you i know you as soon as we get off you're gonna unplug your your computer i don't want anybody i'm 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 not even on the internet right now i don't even know how you're getting this it's a local network, okay. really. You're tethering to your phone, and you're going to disconnect your phone very quickly. I drove all the way to your place, dragging a cable <laughs> behind me on the car, and plugged right into your house. Yeah, because you don't want to. You, you don't want to be exposed to the wider web. Yeah. No, I'm. I mean, just go to doubledensity.net and send us an email through that, and I'll I'll read it eventually. 
Read it eventually, my friends. That is exactly how much Angela cares about you. So much. <laughs> Seriously, okay, though, so, if you okay. have questions for us, I, I want more people to use that email. Email us there. It's a form. I like how you're forcing people to use that instead of actually using what they should be, which is all forms of social media. You know, (sighs) doubledensitypodcast.gmail.com can also be a way you can email us. If you want to use Angela's antiquated form of, you know, contacting us, you can head over to doubledensity.net. See all the different ways and platforms, though not at a fully complete list of of places you can uh, connect to us and and listen to our podcasts. All the different platforms listed there, the most popular. And then you can find me over on Twitter at Brian Hasty. Also yeah. at Instagram, Brian MTL. Uh, you can find the show on Instagram where I've been actually been doing a bunch of work, Angelo, that you, you don't know this. At, uh, <laughs> I can't look uh, at podcast. it. Uh, did you know anytime you send a tweet, Elon Musk fires somebody at Twitter? Oh, it's just like when an angel gets its wings kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. But the reverse. Oh, well, that's good. That's good to know. I'm really, really happy that I'm just out here just doing, you know, everyone's good work. He's still CEO, isn't he? he as of this, As of this recording. Yeah, as of January 8th, 2023, he still is. Sunday night, 8.22 p.m. Tune in next episode as I try to make Angelo believe in a whole bunch of other set of very interesting things that actually could be logically conclusive. Are you going to sing the share song to me and put yourself in autotune? If that's what you want, I will absolutely do that next That'll episode. That'll make me believe. See you, Angelo. Bye.